To the Three Deep Podcast, it's part of the Simeon Hoffman Podcast. Uh, well, this is just us sitting around chatting. We usually record on a Wednesday night, and we just talk about life as an Aussie guy. Are we on? Living as a Christian? Are we on? I can't on. hear anything. Are we on? <laughs> yeah, we're Nick on. Doesn't have headphones tonight. I forgot Apologies his headphones. That. <laughs> okay. uh, these things happen. These things happen. Uh, you've got a good pair of headphones next, on tonight, next though, week Simeon. I'll bring a spare pair and I'll lend you mine. <laughs> it would be bad for one of us to be forgetful, Simeon. But anyway. um, hey, tonight is State of Origin night, by the way. If you're playing along, yes. I couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, Nick's team won. Queensland yeah. won. Which means Simeon's team lost. Mm. Yeah, but he doesn't care, guys. He doesn't care. He's okay with it. He expected Queensland to win, so it's all good. I think the only person more upset than Simeon about New South Wales losing is Nick about Simeon not giving him oh, no. anything. He really <laughs> wanted to, and like some of the fishing actually did work. Like I was getting proper annoyed, but to be honest with you, like I do care. Like it's obviously it's good, but at the end of the day. My life tomorrow is not going to be different other than having to put up with a few harassment phone calls because Queensland won, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, yep, they, they won a game. So here's, good. here's how this podcast works. We um, tell stories from our life. We have a bit of a joke around. We finished every episode unpacking a moment from the Bible that's just really weird. That's so good. You don't know you weren't there. You don't know you weren't there. We've been talking about that before the end of tonight's show. I actually want to start... Not just by putting this bullet, raspberry oh. bullet in my mouth. Well, I actually thought you were going to put it back into the- uh, <laughs> Half eaten. Can we talk about uh, double dipping? You know what double dipping is? Okay. For the before players before I ask my deep question, probably the most controversial question ever asked on this podcast, let's talk double dipping. Double dipping. Are we okay with it or not okay with it? And are we the sort of double dippers that you can do it as long as you don't get caught? Oh. Yes to not getting caught. Mm. 100%. And yes to it openly if you could. Like if they're family or good friend, I would have no problem double dipping with you. I'll double guys. dip anywhere. Mm. <laughs> like I just don't see what the issue is. I mean, we're is. all about COVID safety on this show, but double dipping, there's a time and a place. So. Yeah, well, like I so say, for players along at home who don't know what double dipping is, it is when you take a bite or you, you dip your carrot stick into uh, hummus. Into dip. Into the hummus. Hummus. And then you go, I did not get enough carrot stick to hummus ratio. Yeah. I need to go again. You take a sneaky peek around, make sure no one's looking, and off you go. Because obviously, if you're me, I try and do it the other way around. I try and flip the carrot stick to the uneaten side. Yeah, which is the polite way of doing it. But eventually... Yeah. Both sides are eaten. <laughs> and then you got this little <laughs> bit, bit on both sides in the middle. So then you dip it straight in, <laughs> hoping that it's just the sides, the, like the flat bit, the length bit of the carrot. Never going to happen. It. So what are, where, where are you at with sharing glasses? Like if the three of us were sitting in here with one glass of water. I mean, are we talking pre-COVID or post-COVID? You got any signs and symptoms? I'm yeah, fine. No yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. good to go. You'd share a glass? Yeah, I absolutely share a glass. Nick? Oh, yeah, like seeing you've been so gracious in defeat, Simeon, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, share food, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food, uh, food is. We had a great lunch a few weeks ago, didn't we? We just got yeah, share yeah. plates it's and dug in. It was good. Beautiful. All right, are you ready for my big question? I, I have to tell you, I wrote a jingle for this. No, you didn't. And I was going to blow you away with it. Where's my phone? I haven't got my phone here. Oh, well, never happened. 
I was going to blow you away with it, but then Kim and I never got a chance to record it. Uh, <laughs> we were going to record it. Yeah, for real. I have no idea. My phone must be out on the table. Anyway, so there's no jingle. Just give us a bit of a feel this of was, what it was. This is. Are you going to get my phone? He's getting a phone. It could well also be in my voice. Um, I started the process of recording a jingle today as well. What for? Well, the you don't know part of the- You don't know. You don't know. You weren't there. You don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know whether I, you would consider me a lyricist uh, when it comes to my jingle what writing. Song? What song was it to? Uh, it wasn't to a song. I was actually going to write the song from scratch as well. So that's what was going to be my debut. Wow. Um, for those who have uh, watched the ScoMo show, which was a show that we did back in the day, yeah, uh, we uh, I would write jingles all the time and we came this close to putting an album together. If it wasn't for Naysayer Nick, as we used to call him. Uh, Naysayer Nick. Naysayer Nick. Naysayer Nick. If it wasn't for Naysayer Nick. We would have had. We would have had an album. You reckon? 100%. Probably, wow. Probably sold a million copies. Wow. I mean, I don't mean to big note myself. As in that would have made you famous. Would have made me saying. famous. But no, Naysayer Nick's like, let's kill the show. Yeah. Do you always react like this after a New South Wales loss? Is this normal? I mean, for people who don't know, so State of Origin is a game played here in Australia. Yeah. Uh, a rugby league game and there's uh, two states that play against each other, New South Wales and Queensland. It's a big rivalry. Um, some people are really into it. Others just watch it for fun with their mates. What would you What would you <laughs> define yourself as in the midst of On balance say, over the last 35 years, say, how would you define I would say, yourself? <laughs> I would say I'm beyond watch it with your mates, but definitely not at the level where I'm like, this is my life and I'm now depressed because my team lost. But three years ago? And we didn't speak five for a week after ago. a game. Five, no, five years, years ago. ago. You didn't call really? me for a week after a game. Yeah. Yeah. Is that really? Yeah, you worked were? from home for a week. Oh, I mean, that's. Because you didn't want to put up with working with us in the office after an yeah. origin win. But I did notice that um, that when you guys lost a game, that the. It was biased. It was cheating. We'd <laughs> take it to the Supreme Court. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's the other thing that happened today was the US election. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'll okay, some- hold on. Let me play. Um, I think this was my jingle that I recorded so that when Kim and I sat down by the keyboard, we actually had something. So this is my new segment and jingle. I got a big, big question that I need to ask. I got a big, big question. And, oh, it won't pass. Big question. That was pretty good. Yeah, you it was liked not it? bad, yeah. You liked it? Okay. A big question a, you need to ask. Here's the big my big question, question that won't pass. To That's so, becoming a real pain in the... Backside. Past. <laughs> um, we're in Queensland. We had a state election on the weekend. Sure did. There's, there's a particularly contentious issue, I think, for a lot of Christians whereby the person, the, the party that won has said that they're going to uh, table a bill for voluntary euthanasia. Mm. Isn't um, all euthanasia voluntary? <laughs> but no, keep going. <laughs> it's a good point. Voluntary, voluntary dying, I think is yeah. what they called it. They're going to table a bill. They've, they've um, got a pretty solid majority. Sure. That bill's very likely to pass. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, straight away, so they said leading into the election, this is something we're going to do. They said it very early yeah. on in the campaign. And straight away when they won, there was a lot of real disappointment amongst certain groups of Christians. Sure. So this is this is really bad news. And I can imagine that in the coming weeks and months, they're going to become very vocal about this issue. The question that I have that I want to ask you, Simi, is when an issue begins to be, I suppose, 
discussed as being legalised in society yeah. when the majority of society at bare minimum sees a political party go in with that issue and says that's not a deal breaker for me. Yep. Probably a lot of people also saying that's a good thing that I agree with. Sure. Doesn't that say not that the church should give up arguing against that issue now, but isn't that a giant red flag to the church that they've failed in teaching, the, in this case, the value of human life? It's like you as a church exist in society 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. True. And so if you see as part of your role in society is to bring value to the things that God sees as valuable and a society as a majority says at an election, we don't see that as valuable, doesn't that say the church has actually failed in its duty? I mean, first of all, before I answer your question, um, in English when you uh, would submit a question as a part of an essay, yeah. was it normally six paragraphs? Because oh, I don't very even- <laughs> regular. Yeah, no, very I mean, regular. I don't even know where to go with that question because yeah. it's so large and you're answering a lot of your question in your actual question there as well. Uh, I would say I would say it's a statement that comes with a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. looking to be shut down. <laughs> no, but the problem is I'm not going to shut it down because you're 100% right. So- I think there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of things that I picked up on, and maybe it's nitpicking, and you can you can correct me as I'm going along now, nice and easy. But first and foremost, when it comes to um, should the church have been doing a better job at teaching, I think we are doing a good job at teaching. The reality is the church is just not a majority in Australia. So when you say, "Aren't we doing a good job at teaching?" We've got nine percent of our nation, less than eight percent of our nation that goes to church on a regular basis. So we're already we're already ninety two percent. Pause on that point. Isn't isn't that in itself a point that we, uh, for argument's sake, just watering it down? I'm not trying to be offensive, but watering it down every Sunday we get together and go, "Wow, this is the greatest message of all time." Oh, thanks, the, boys. The, why the heck is only nine percent of the nation agreeing with us on that? Like if we genuinely do believe sure. it's the greatest message of all time, then how is only 9% of Well, that's a whole other question in itself, isn't it? Like there's a whole subsidiary sort of question, sideline thing that we can go there. So in answer to your question about whether we're doing a good job at teaching, we are. What we're not doing a good job at is actually impacting and influencing culture. And that's where you could go, if it's such a good message, why aren't we taking more people on board with it? Because I think we've lost a few of the fundamentals of our church calling. So um, one of the f- one of the biggest things that the church needs to focus on is actually winning people. Uh, on my Friday message, a little plug here, um, you can download the the Friday messages off the podcast it's channel. It's in here. It's right. Yeah, it's right channel. here. So you can have a look for those Friday messages. Um, have we got them in like a subcategory or something like that? Because that'd be it's a good just idea. Like it'll just be like three D. Right, 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 right. It'll right, be right. like Simo's message. Right. So on the the message that's coming up, I literally talk about the fact that. Paul talks about I become all things to all men that I might win some. And when we we think about it, we we kind of go, okay, like Paul actually, when you look at the word word become, it means that it was like you were one that was born of. So in other words, if I'm in, in Queensland, I become like a Queenslander that I might win Queenslanders to the point where people are like, oh, you've always been in Queensland. And it's like, no, 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 I'm actually not from here. But I understand the culture, I understand the terminology, I understand how the society works, and that is then determining how I'm interacting with you so that for a clear purpose that I can convince you that Jesus is who he says he is because he is the one 
who can reshape culture. Our job is to introduce as many people to Jesus as possible. Mm. We don't see that. A lot of time the church thinks if we can just do enough charitable works, then we can change culture to a degree. That's true. Um, or if we can just speak loud enough, then we can influence culture. I don't. I just don't think that that's effective. Yeah. I think what we need is a a grassroots approach, where we actually start to take notice of the world that's around us, and actually start to communicate to people that are around us, on a on a one on one basis, on a one to two basis, one to three. It doesn't really matter, but actually building relationships and friendships with people around you to influence culture. Mm-hmm. So. In order for us to change that, you need to change the majority vote. Yeah. To change the majority vote, you need to change how the majority of people think. To change how the majority of people think, you actually need to do the hard work. In that same passage, Paul says, I became, he said, I'm free, but I use my freedom to be a slave to people. So the idea he says is like, I'm like a servant to everybody around me. Yeah. That's his philosophy. And I think if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for us. 100%, yeah. So if he did it, we should be doing the same. And if we're not, then the question is why? That's confronting because it might be because we just don't care. But what do we not so, care about? People? 100%. About- 100%. Because we're saved and we've got our mates and life's going good. And so the idea of threatening that and bringing that into any sort of disrepute it actually seems like too hard and too difficult. So I'd rather stay with my mates on a weekend, join a nice little home church, go to a nice building, be in nice life groups, everything's sweet and cushy. I'd rather do that than actually confront the reality of what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, wow. So if I if I go out and actually start telling people about Jesus, people might consider me one of those weirdos. And not want to talk to me anymore. And not want to talk to me anymore. So we're not actually, we're not we're not interested in changing culture. What we want is for people to look at us and adapt to our way of life without any sense of relationship or knowledge. Yeah, that we wanted to just be lucky. We want God to do all the work, and for us to be like, oh, yay! Yeah, that's a good way of saying it for sure. Yeah, wow. that was a deep question, bro. But going back to your first question, like too often, <laughs> which one? Uh, the one about there's sometimes specific social policy issues, and we just say, "Well, everything's going to the dogs," when in fact we weren't there as a broader movement or as a church to influence it. Uh, it previously, it's almost like we're standing in a corner facing the wall, saying, "This is a bad idea." But there's actually formal channels to engage, whether it's through petition or lobbying. Yeah. America's built off lobbying groups. People literally sign up and spend lots of money with these super PACs and these PACs and these lobby groups to change the opinion of politicians. Mm. There are ways to do it. There's no point just saying, well, we're just going to stand in the corner and yell and say that's a bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, it comes down to whether you think that the church should have an influence on politics or whether the church should have an influence on society and society should influence politics in a democratic sense. Yeah. So it it depends on how you actually think about that side of things. I personally think – the church should have an influence on society and society begins to determine its politics. But a representative society will still include members of the church, so there's still places for That's people right. within the church to have That's a voice right. and to have a public But understand, understand the level of the voice you're at. That's right, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're not, we're not the majority. We might feel like we are because everyone around us is in our, in our echo chamber and we're all saying and thinking the same yeah. things, but that's not the majority of people. That's not how people are thinking. So we haven't become like the world around us. And when Paul said I became like them, 
what he was saying is said I I understood who they were without accept without changing my moral values. Mm. That's a big difference as well. So I don't have to become morally and ethically like the world around me. I still stick to the same moral and ethical code that's mm. that's articulated for me in the Word of God. The difference is I'm actually trying to make an effort to understand the world around me. And the church, by burying its head in the sand sometimes, this is getting very controversial, might get me fired here. The church just buries its head in the sand. And I know I'm generalizing, but when we have a, a representation of 9%, and in that 9%, it, I would say that you would even have a 70-30 or 60-40 split. Yeah. 60% would be conservative, 40% would be liberal in their thinking. Yeah. So even within the own church, we don't even have a clear representation of what the society around us is actually looking like. Mm. And so if we don't take the time to actually learn and grow, what are we doing? We've yeah. we've got no hope of being able to influence and change the world around us. Yeah. Just because we shout, just what is it? I, I admire what you're doing, Nick, because I, I I look at the way you're influencing your workplace and you're using scripture and scriptural principles. Without having to walk around with a uh, you know what would Jesus do T-shirt on or anything ridiculous like that, you know you're not you're not carrying your Bible and sho- shoving it in people's desks and and leaving the the old school tracks there. You're living a godly life and you're actually just you're you're outworking what the Word of God says and providing hope in your workplace. And Scott, you work in the media, yeah, so you're on. doing the same thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, I'm being cool. serious. That's where we're going with that. <laughs> ah, the media. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to blow blow smoke up your backsides here, but I'm just being serious. Like, I the reason I'm doing this with you guys is because I look at the way you're actually outworking things in your world, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what we should be doing. Mm. We're not if we're not doing it on a day to day basis in the world that's around us, we're not making any change. We had a really good chat this week. Actually, you you said you wanted to bring a question up on this podcast. Yeah, it's all I, related to this. Which I feel like has just you've just kind of extrapolated a bit now around this here of like I, I think the idea you're going with was when you think everybody thinks a similar 100%. way. To you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's like when you think that your opinion is the right opinion or that you think that everyone's got the same view or thought process as you or whatever it is. Um, when you think that you're right, but it turns out that you're completely wrong. Like the election that we've just had, I would say the vast majority of Christian leaders around me were like, no, no, don't you worry. So in in um, in the Australian political system, we have Labor that would be a, a fairly, uh, it sounds bizarre, but they're a fairly liberal thinking and our Liberal Party is actually a conservative party. Thinking, yeah. So uh, majority of Christians would be conservative thinking. They would say that Labor is a socialist thinking and so how could anyone da-da-da-da-da. So there's always debate about which one's right, blah, blah, mm. blah. Anyway, I would say the vast majority of church leaders around me were, were like, don't you worry about it, liberal, the conservatives, they're going to win. Don't you worry about a thing. God's yeah. got their and, – and that's like, okay, they didn't win. So what now? A, you use God's name saying, don't you worry, God's going to give them the victory. First of all, you use God's name where you shouldn't have. Secondly, now what does that mean that the conservative party and concepts and ideology were so far from what people are actually wanting? Yeah. And that's where I say, when you think your opinion is the opinion of everyone around you, do you take the time? There's two ways you can go about it. You can take the time to go, oh, wow, I am way off what I think the people around me are thinking. Or you yeah. can go, oh, a bunch of idiots and, and like yeah. you said, sit in the corner and sulk. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's happened in um, 
I, I mean, I was just thinking about it even from a marriage sense. We're all married now, the three of us blokes. How many times have you uh, have you had moments where you're married and you, or even before you were married, Scott, because you're fairly newly married, but mm. you think that your wife is or your fiance maybe was thinking exactly the same as you? Oh yeah, and, and then you're so far off, and you're like, "How are you thinking like this? I yeah. don't understand." Yeah, have you ever had those conversations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's also frustrating because you were so sure that's how they were thinking. Totally. That then when you come up against a brick wall of like they've missed the fundamentals of what you're thinking and you have to step right, right back and be like, well, this is not where I thought we were. Definitely. It's so frustrating. You know what's worse than that is realising that maybe your opinion was the wrong opinion. Especially when you've cemented it too, when you're like, oh, this is obviously correct. Yeah, and then you're like, Realize what about the point? And and I know a friend of ours who's in this room who's not you or me, but I won't name them. <laughs> but who who maybe realizes the Holy that, Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who maybe realizes they're wrong halfway through an argument, but is so stuck on their argument that they're like, "I'm not losing the battle. I might be wrong in my argument, yeah. but I'll still win the battle." But you appreciate that as well because half the fun is arguing, and even if you're wrong. I'd love to argue with you about something, even if we're both wrong. Yeah. It's still fun arguing. Yeah. Did You're you, good at it. I'm good at it. Scott's average at it, and you, that's why he's in the media. Did you do debating in high school? I did, and I went to a school that didn't have many social or cultural outlets. Did not for debating. No, no, we made the front page of the Courier Mail for fighting in classrooms and throwing chairs through windows. Because oh, you, you couldn't handle the debates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the teachers couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I, no. loved, I loved high school debating. Really? Loved it. Really? Yeah, yeah. As the third speaker of the negative team, it's my job to tell you three really concise reasons why the affirmative team have totally missed the point of tonight's debate. Was it you telling me the other day or someone else, this might be a really dangerous tangent for a podcast that we're recording, Yeah, about how whoever I was talking to spoke about how they just went to town on the third speaker. They thought their role as the third speaker in a debate was just to point out all the flaws. No, 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 no. no, no. I You're listening to a Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't that was you, think, though, wasn't it? I didn't think that was my role. It okay, was a semi-final. Sorry. There we go. And they had pl- the opposition team had played dirty, and so I knew they'd won. I knew there was nothing I could do as a third speaker, so I just attacked them. But I knew them. I knew the opposition team. Did you win? <laughs> no, I didn't, and I almost got suspended. Magnificent. <laughs> that that again, like Nick, you are the master at this, and and you've told me before after we've had heated arguments, yeah, that you're like, no, I knew I was wrong, but I was just enjoying the fight so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're such a jerk. What the heck is wrong with and you? And unfortunately, why do you do that? For someone like Nick, the way he thinks and the knowledge that he's acquired is he's almost like a bookshelf, which is an easy metaphor because there are two bookshelves at the back yeah, of the yeah, room. Yeah. Right? But he's almost like a bookshelf where, like, throughout the argument. He's just pulling things off the bookshelf yeah. and throwing them at you. But unless you know him, right, unless you actually got the wits to keep up with him and be like, but you're bringing in things that aren't relevant because you're losing the argument, <laughs> unless you know how to do that with Nick, you will lose. Like I reckon I've lost arguments that I've been right about with Nick. And, oh, most uh, often. Uh, yeah. No, really I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say most often. I would the say other I trick is just, you, out. you just say anything with confidence. You can make up statistics because people will be like, oh, it's a statistic. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Particularly if you can verify where it came from. That's right. It's a like statistic. ABC News ran a story on it yeah. last night that 53% of whales have bipolar. Yeah. Yeah, That's everyone knows true. that. That's not no, true. No, it was on ABC News last night. Photos or it didn't happen. There's a photo in the story. I'm sorry you don't read. 
<laughs> would you go? Would either of you go into politics? Uh, like I think it's fun to be honest with you. I'm a political geek, which is why yeah. like the election this week has been great oh, yeah, for the election. Yeah, the Queensland election in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, state yeah. of origin. Yeah, yeah, the state of origin <laughs> election. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I but the state of know. origin election taught us a lot. You know, we got to halfway, 50% of the votes counted. That's when we should have stopped. And, and We should have stopped voting. And New South Wales was so far ahead. No, they were So far ahead in the county. Ten counting. points. Do you want to tell everyone where you're stealing that tweet from? <laughs> the bled- it was great. That was, you know what? I don't really need to tell anyone because, first of all, no one listening to this uses Twitter. And secondly, nobody nobody in Australia cares about rugby union, so it was never going to be picked up on. The one person in Australia who cares about rugby union is sitting in this room. And uses Twitter. <laughs> there we go. That's Me nice. and Quade Cooper. Somebody tweeted on Saturday night while the Queensland election was going on and the Bledisloe Cup, Australia versus New Zealand in the rugby union. Someone tweeted at halftime, Twitter's full of Queensland election stuff. And someone tweets, with 50% of the votes counted, it's very clear that the All Blacks are going to win the seat of Bledisloe. <laughs> because That's they, actually good gear. They'd won. Yeah. They'd, they'd, they were winning the game. Um, it, is, it is some very good gear. Anyway, my point is how should we react? What do we do like as Christians? Do we actually humble ourselves and suck it up and make the appropriate changes or do we continue to bury our head in the sand and uh, deny, oh, I don't know, deny what's happening in the world around us and go, well, the world just needs to change? When- Isn't the world damned? It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the end times. Let's do nothing about it. Holy huddle. I think what you said before about one-on-one conversations and meeting with people where they're at is so important. Yeah. One of my favourite things from many is, you know what, it's probably nearly a decade ago, a journalist, an Australian journalist named Rob Stott, who at the time was working for BuzzFeed, yeah. uh, is a same-sex attracted man and um, he used to have these horrific online sparring matches with Lyle Shelton, who is uh, from the Australian Christian Lobby. And Lyle would say something that was anti-gay and Rob would go in for it and they were horrific online matches. And I remember reading an article of his one day where he's like, one day we're having an online sparring match and out of the blue my Twitter inbox lights up and it's Lyle Shelton saying to him, I'm in Sydney next week, let's get a coffee. Wow. And he thinks I'm a journalist. Of course we're going to have a (laughs) coffee with Lyle Shelton. No one gets access to Lyle Shelton. And he wrote this piece about his coffee with Lyle Shelton. Mm. And it is the most beautiful piece where, like, to this day, still nearly a decade later, Rob Stott and Lyle Shelton go each other all the time on Twitter. But when Rob talks about the time they sat down and had coffee together, Rob talks about how much of a kind, caring man Lyle Mm, is and mm, he mm. talks about how Lyle genuinely believes the things he says and is genuinely concerned about humanity. Yeah. And Rob talks about that from the point of view of being like, I just can't believe how wrong he is. But, hey, guys, he's actually not trying to be an asshole. Yeah. He's actually thinks this stuff's for real. Yeah. And that is just one of those moments where I'm like, man, if we were all sitting down and having those conversations, how differently we would all see the world. Uh, and my encouragement is when you're sitting down having the conversation, actually listen to people. When you're sitting down having the conversation, I'm assuming that you're going there because you're trying to understand the world around you 
not instantly trying to change the person you're speaking to. Before Paul said, I want to win people, he said, I became like them. In other words, he was one who was born like them. In other words, he, tr- he just spent the time to understand their worldview. He spent the time to learn the language. If we want to influence the world that's around us, we don't have to behave like the world around us, but we do have to understand it. Sometimes I think as, as people, maybe as Christians, we, we, we definitely run this risk, is when we go to meet with people, we're thinking all yeah. the time about how we can change them. How we can fix them. How, well, right, about how, and don't get me wrong, it's good intent. You might be sitting there going, oh, God, how could, how could you influence this person's life? But rather than just going, God, would you teach me about this person? Would you help me understand them? Would you meet with them? Where they're at, that's it. That's all. Uh, that's it. If Christ is in you, He won't help but come out of you. That's yeah. what we believe. Then all you need to do is be authentically you when you meet with them. Without, um, as a nice little way to tie this up, I mean, the scripture that comes to mind straight away is the woman at the well. Yeah, Jesus meets this woman at the well, and she, she is the kind of person. Or if a Christian said, I want to sit down and drink with you, she'd be like, oh, what? So you can judge me for mm. all the men I've been married to. Mm. You can judge me for all the affairs I've had. And she walks away from that encounter with Jesus. It's like, everyone, you have to meet this guy. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. And isn't that like, and you know what, Jesus, even Jesus thanks to her, he's like, oh, he, you know, he says, I know who you are, but he doesn't say, oh, I know. Yeah, that's right. Scum. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. He had every reason to detest her, and he didn't. Yeah, he actually just uh, yeah, that he conversation knew, is he magnificent. Knew who she was because he was God. Yeah, but he still asks and still like still gets to know her. But like, think about this for a minute. He, here she is in the midst of being like this deplorable lifestyle, right? And Jesus said, all you had to do is ask and I would have given you water that you would never thirst again. He never said, all you had to do was attend church. He never <laughs> said, all you had to do was tithe. He never said, all you had to do was A, B, and C. If you had just read the scriptures more, he just said, <laughs> all you had to do was ask mm. and I would have given you water that you'd never thirst again. It, it, I wish... Wouldn't it have been easier if he said, all you had to do, ask, and I could have made your lifestyle better? All you had to do was ask, and I could have told you that the de facto relationship you're in now, you've had five husbands, you're an adulterous woman. All you had to do was ask, and I could have told you how bad you were. Yeah. All you had to do was ask, and I could have given you water that you never thirst again in life and joy. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you don't know you weren't there. You want to play? You don't know you weren't there? Yeah, I'm ready. You don't know you weren't there? You ready to play? You don't know you weren't there? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Negative uh, Nick today. Yeah. He's reading all his naysay Nick. Origin commentary. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> literally was sitting here reading origin <laughs> commentary. You weren't there. You don't know. All right, you ready? Here's the scripture that I'm sure everybody knows and I'm sure everybody's laughed at before, but we're going to laugh at it again. This appears in Matthew 21. Imagine you're a disciple as I read this. This is Ignatian Catholic spirituality. <laughs> Picturing yourself there. Smell the smells, 
Feel the weather around you. What Are you ready? The, what was the weather of this day? Well, Scott? here we go. We're about to find out, mate. Why do you always have to rush it, Nick? It's early in the morning. Okay. Right. You had a good sleep. You're I up. I can hear the magpies. You're you're one of the disciples. Not magpies in Jerusalem. <laughs> out with Jesus. You don't know you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> you're a disciple out with Jesus early in the morning. And as Jesus went on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Probably it was early in the morning, breakfast time. Seeing a fig tree on the road. He went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. Overreaction. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. <laughs> How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Now, it goes on and gets scriptural from here. Like, it's uh, quite deep in Jesus' response from here. <laughs> but could you imagine? Like, so it's literally the, um, the biblical version of road rage. Yeah, like he didn't just, get what he wanted on a yes. journey, and he's had a tantrum and said, "Stupid tree!" Like that's that. <laughs> you'll get hate when I say next. Did he say this big you tree? This is huh? the and one, and the tree just died. This is the one example I see of like Jesus meets like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or like Matilda, where he uses his powers as like a, a human the teenage tantrum moment, where he's like, wow. "Stupid tree, not giving me fruit." Yeah. The fig tree, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't fig season either. <laughs> no, it wasn't fig season. It wasn't fig It wasn't fig season. That's the problem. Imagine being the fig tree, though. Imagine yeah. being Jesus and knowing so much, but not when figs were in season. Well, because even then, when he replies to the disciples, he says, look, I'm telling you, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you can not only do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to the mountain, go and move yourself and throw it into the tree. Oh, so Jesus never really so gets to the crux of why, why he killed it? the tree, yeah. just more like, hey, you'll be able to kill trees too. Why did he go straight to the negative? Why didn't he say, fig tree, bear fruit in my name? And there would have been figs and <laughs> everyone would have been wins. Nobody been wins. No dead trees. He wasn't very very fig giving, was he? So. <laughs> Oh dear. That was good. Forgiving. <laughs> wow. There are people listening to this, I guarantee you, that are going to use that line. Yeah, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's the influence you that's have that you're not Forgiving. About. I'm a forgiving kind of guy. Walking down the road with Jesus must have been such an occasion. Like it must have been it such been a- He did a lot of walking. Yeah. Do you reckon if you were a disciple that had a fig up the back that you would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> right, put it up in the air slowly being like, I've got a fig. I got a fig. <laughs> you can bring the tree back to life if you want. I, I, I got one if you want. Just ask. <laughs> <laughs> or, or would do you reckon that would have been looking around going, where are those baskets of bread and fish that we had? Why does he just need some of that? Why is he so angry today? It does have he, that tone about it. Not though, enough no, but it, he was angry this day. This was this was right after he was at the temple, and he went hormonal. Well, I've heard Jesus. that blokes like there's a lot of commentary on on people having moments in their life or or whatever that they have these emotional episodes and i've heard for blokes it's every 4 minutes for a hundredth of a second and if you hit them right on that hundredth of a second you're in trouble but if you miss that you're fine 
and it can go on for weeks and weeks and months and months what and years and years. What the heck are you talking about? It's an old wives' tale, but I think it's accurate. It's not like you blow up every time someone has Just a Just because you think it's accurate doesn't mean it's accurate. <laughs> this is that whole, if you state the statistic with enough confidence, oh, that whole statement has that. come to bite we'll you this off here. Back in the backside right now. That's all right. I'm so like, you're saying that Jesus is walking along and <laughs> it, it was the fourth minute and it was that one hundredth of a second that he saw that fig tree and he's like, Oh, yeah, it's the same as you and me driving down the road. Most of the time you're okay with most people cutting us off and sometimes it just gets you, just really irritates you. Does it not? What are you talking about? I love it when you lose origin was, and you just go. He was you just go on the no, this line. is your classic. I've lost the argument. Let me get a book from another bookshop. <laughs> Thinking right now, you're like, no, no, quick, no. quick, go back to my latest win. This the was, origin. Oh, we won the origin, so shut up. You can't be right about this argument. This wasn't an argument. I was just sharing something I thought, and you've just trashed it. But that's all right. You are the pastor. <laughs> no. <I'm> <laughs> now he's bringing like the whole like you're the pastor. Shouldn't you be spiritual? Like comforting me. No, and no, 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 no. I, ju- I just, I just think. <laughs> no, I no, have no. to put up with this every Wednesday <laughs> no, for the not. next two and weeks. I don't think you should be like that. I just think you should be better. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good, Nick. Uh, you didn't get me in my fourth minute on the one one hundredth, but I might have got you on your fourth minute in your one hundredth of a second. <laughs> the point I was making, Pastor, was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I digress. But he was cranky just before the fig tree because yeah. he went into the temple and he was like, not a fan of this, drove everyone out of the temple. Totally. Um, that was one of the good examples of Jesus actually knowing what righteous anger was because he went away, he scribbled in the dirt for a bit, and then he went back in and unleashed. Yeah. So he thought about it before he didn't just react. There's go, obviously there's a whole bunch of symbolism. People can look up the symbolism, but it is a good scripture that you've brought to us. Um, there's symbolism about bearing fruit in season and out of season as well and being always ready. So there is absolutely symbolism in there as well that it's like we actually don't have an out of season. And I think this is actually relevant for the, the something we've been talking about like mm. a, a, and um, – this idea and this concept of oh, I'm actually speaking this this Sunday at a at a local church on this concept and idea of uh, working for Jesus that like yeah. when you become a Christian you get the job like literally the title of the message is you got the job but the idea and the concept is that. It is a 24-7 thing being yeah. a Christian. You don't just get to turn it on and off. You don't just get to go, well, I bore fruit last year. I did a mission when I was 19 years old and it was the most fruitful time of my life because the minute you stop bearing fruit, that is the minute that you're cursed. That's the symbolism in this, that when you walk with Jesus, there's a constant state of bearing fruit Yeah, in season and out of season. How encouraging is that, though? Yeah, that thought. That's like yeah. you're always you're always going to be bearing fruit in what's around you. So that like it's a pretty cool story, but hilarious being there. Like it would be so confusing, so confusing. Jesus, what's your issue with the fig Figs. tree? Because we walked past an apple tree before. <laughs> you had no issue. If anything, you ate it. But also in the scriptures, it says apples are bad. So it's uh, you've actually really confused us. Do you reckon this is where um, Snickers got the ad from? You're not you when you're hungry. Hungry. You know oh my gosh. <laughs> it's biblical. 100%. Somebody, somebody in their marketing team was a Christian. Is like, I've got an idea. If only, there was a, <laughs> if only there was a jingle for it. For what? Snickers. You're not you when you're. There isn't a jingle. Didn't you there? make a jingle for that? 
Now that's Snickers marketing campaign, mate. Simeon didn't come up with that. I thought yeah. that was all you. No, remember the Snicker? That was when we we it was just the Simo and Nick yeah, show. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Uh, Scott got married and went away on his honeymoon. That, that was one of our highest ranking episodes. Yeah. Was, anyway. I was on it though. That, you did. You did. Yeah. You snuck your way on there. That's yeah. actually what uh, boosted our statistics. Boosted. That's what I like to believe. That's what boosted our statistics. You're not going to believe it. How are we here already? How are we here already? That's what I say every week. How are we here already? But you know what time it is. Well, before we get there, Simo's message. It's going to be right here on the podcast in two days' time. Plus, Lunch Out Loud with Jazz. That's online too. Um, actually, really good one this week about female yeah. leadership in the church. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But Nick, he's got a final word for tonight. Nicky, I'm ready to high five. My hand's up. That's how good this word's going to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Righto. So if I was to be given a final word, it would be going with the theme of tonight. Actually read into the issues, I guess, before you start shouting up and down about what the church should or shouldn't be doing. Understand them. Talk to people. Talk to people who might be impacted. Talk to people with a different view. So if that's voluntary assisted dying, actually understand the picture. Wow. Don't just... Take what the tabloid says or take what the Facebook headline says. Go and actually understand what it means for the people in that position and doctors and nurses and healthcare workers and and Christians and all sorts of people. But don't just take the headline. Read into it for yourself. Jeez, good. That was a good one. I know. I know. I mean, it's scary. It's controversial. I know he hates doing the final word, but they're always so good. They're always so good. Top shelf. We're going to go. Top shelf. Like the Facebook page, Simo Hoffman. Bye. He's done it. Bring that up.